Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Good afternoon. Uh, in a little better mood today, man. Anybody got any contract questions? Minus three with Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Minus 3 presented as ever by Omaha just in time for the divisional round playoffs. Yeah, we got to look back a little bit at the wild card round. 75% of pro football teams are now on the outside, so they're trying to make amends for what went wrong in 2023 to get right in time for autumn of 2024. The Cowboys, as far as that goes, have decided to retain Mike McCarthy um, in an effort to, I guess, win 12 games again next season. And we'll see how it goes in the postseason. The Pittsburgh Steelers are keeping Mike Tomlin. And now he's game to talk about contracts. I'm surprised that that, that was such a wild kerfuffle. Of course, he's not going to answer what his future is going to be three minutes after the 2023 season ends in heartbreaking defeat. I considered it heartbreaking as a Steelers fan. I think everybody else kind of looked at it as, yeah, what did you think was going to happen there? I do think the Steelers had a shot in that one. Anyway, let's say hello to our guys here. Um, Actually, before we say hello to them, let me tell you where you can find them on Friday. On the 15-minute NFL pregame show, we're giving you all four of the divisional round winners. We're spoiling them for you. Kevin Hench and I, Eddie Spaghetti's giving you the best player props there. And you know what? I'm a man of the people. You've demanded a fruit of the year, a Shecky Award be given out. We're going to include that as well in the 15-minute show. Go back in the meantime and listen to the uh, minus three from the start of the week. Actually, it came out on Tuesday with one Daniel Jeremiah. Some really great stuff on the QBs and the pipeline that'll be drafted, the options and free agency, and whether or not Kenny Pickett might be fixable from the Steelers side. A lot of great stuff there. We also did some NFL and Dynamite stuff. You can find that on YouTube on the Extra Points page or minus three pod on social media. All right. With that being said, now we can say hello to them. I see Eddie Spaghetti in his in his usual seat there behind the glass and high atop Hollywood. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? Oh man, the, the poop is is literally poop. I'm I'm doing mm. the master cleanse. Uh, oh, no. I'm I'm on day two. Why? Uh, why? Come then. on. What do you I'll tell you why? In? I'll tell you why. Uh because I've I've been feeling like soft, like I just feel mm. like pampered, and I I'm like I got to do something difficult, you know, um, like as as difficult as the the Eagles tackling a ball carrier, something uh. Uh, something nigh impossible. Uh, so I'm yeah I'm on day two. I've done this I think three times, but not for a while. And uh, I was never suffering like this on day two. Like I I was right that I am soft. Oh my god. What does what is the what is the gain in doing this though? What does this do? Is this just a matter of proving why did we go you to the, the moon? discipline why? to do it? Right. Okay, why did we go fine. to the moon? The why do we go to the moon? I don't know. Okay. It's just like I I feel like undisciplined, lazy, fat, gross, you know, American, and uh, I I want to. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll never get back to where I was just because my age, but like. I, I can lose some weight, you know, and, and it does. It's not a it's not for weight loss necessarily, but you do lose. OK, so Hench is a weirdo and that's fine. If but he, is that you know, news? No, is that and I, I am no one to attack you for for the weird stuff you do. By the way, 
you know, lazy and soft and everything else. This coming from the man who spends roughly 21 and a half hours each day making pages for your entertainment. But but he's gone soft. If Hench is soft, boy, the rest well, of society is just real the trouble. Most, uh, I know it's physically rigorous job. I get it. Well, that's what I always say too. Where we, we, we talk into microphones about a, football and fruit. It's it, it ain't exactly a heavy lift for us, but still, your efforts are appreciated there. I live and with you the, know, uh, a new age sorceress who's you know always bringing <laughs> new ideas to me, <laughs> and I don't argue. I just, I just, you know, okay, we'll drink raw milk. Fine, I don't care. All right, we'll get to our goat and goats of the week, examining the full range of greatness and pitifulness in the world of sports this past week in just a second here. As we jump in, and by the way, one of those will be Dave Damashek. I can't attack Kevin Hench for being a weirdo when I did what I did last weekend with my pals from Indiana University. I'll tell you about that in a second, but quickly, Hench, the headline, I know Josh Allen and Mahomes and the great story happening up in Detroit and the stunner that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we've kind of forgotten about Brock Purdy and the Niners a little bit, I feel like. All that stuff is great, but it does feel like most of the conversation is about the have-nots, the teams that most recently lost, the wild-card losers. What do you think? My, I don't know what to say. I texted you this last night, and I repeat it now. I, I feel like the Cowboys keeping Mike McCarthy is a worse move than the Steelers keeping Mike Tomlin, and I have my thoughts on why that's true, but does that sound right to your objective ear? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's wild that Jerry Jones is like the most patient employer in America. Like, it's mm. weird, right? Like, you, you hear him and you're like, oh, don't cross this guy. You know, the head coach could fart in an elevator in the first year of his contract and get fired. Like, you feel like he, he seems like the kind of guy who would just be like, I don't like that guy's loafers. He's gone. But as we learned with Jason Garrett, like he refuses to be paying two coaches at the same time. So he's he's bringing McCarthy back. Um, you know, by the way, is everyone's like for the fifth and final year, it's like, well, obviously, if he wins a Super Bowl, he'll be in a good negotiating position. Uh, now, I don't think anybody thinks he's going to win a Super Bowl because this felt like their their best shot. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, like. Is it that is 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 the cynical answer? I mean, obviously, I guess you just said it, so that's what you believe is. So you just think this is about Jerry's wallet and what's best for the wallet, not in fact, because all you ever hear about is, and I kind of push back at that and have for 20 years now, that in the 21st century, the idea, even as much as it's perpetuated, like, oh, no tougher position than being the Dallas Cowboys uh starting quarterback. Now, I imagine there's a different level of heat between being the Cowboys versus the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback. But for the most part, I think you're under a fair amount of pressure if you're the if you're the number one QB on any NFL team, right? I think that's overstated and the like, pressure on you. I think it's Jerry Jones that there's this vibe of like, oh man, he's a tough guy. He'll can you in a second for anything. But the last 20 years disproved yeah. that over and over. By the way, even his drafting, and I know he's not solely drafting, but this kind of like reach for it. It's more about entertainment than it is about X's and O's with Jerry. Yeah, he did want to take Johnny Manziel and had to be talked out of that. But for the most part, under his watch, 
they draft linemen and linemen and linemen. It's not like they're always out there chasing splash. So I think they, I think we have collectively attached this narrative about who Jerry Jones is. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is just like, ah, what am I got? What am I crazy? We've won 12, 12 games, three years in a row. I'm not a kook. Of course, we're going to stick with this. It, it, and it is, it's like shockingly sober. Like it's like That's just a, get, very, right. a very measured approach to running a business, you know? And it's like, I, you know, for us, it's always, it's less fun. Cause you're like, how long is Jason Garrett going to be failing, you know, coming up short? And it's like, I don't know. We'll go to the playoffs, whatever. Mike McCarthy, we go to the playoffs. Uh, the, now the fact that the Packers have won more playoff games in AT&T than the Cowboys. That of all the stats that came out, that one really blew my mind. Like, who wow. is winning these Super Bowls on the NFC side? Because it does seem like the Packers always beat the Cowboys and the Niners always beat the Cowboys. And then the Packers never get to a Super Bowl when Aaron Rodgers is there for 13 years and the Niners ain't winning these Super Bowls. So, who is claiming these titles? It's weird. I, I, I can't remember anything that's happened this century. I'm 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 locked in though <laughs> on the last century. So spaghetti, fill in these these blanks Nick, for me. But Nick Foles, baby, Nick Foles. Yeah, I guess so. But you know, it's weird to me with McCarthy because you're you use a, a good adjective there. It does feel very sober, and all the smarties are out there. And Greg Olson's you know as as good as it gets as an analyst, and um, you know he's pushing this. Obviously, you can't fire him. You're crazy if you fire a guy. And people who have been defenders of Mike Tomlin say the same thing. Like, what are we talking about here? Double-digit wins every year, never a losing season. And it's not been four years that this has happened and not three years of 12 wins, but never a losing season. So you're not going to fire him. I also get the other side of the coin, though, because the sober thing is, is to look at the larger sample size, which is regular season after regular season and say, well, you can't argue with the consistent positive results. But on the other hand, what we're watching here is not like, it's not the stock market where you just want to come out in the black at the end of the day. Like you, you, this is all fantasy, right? This is a heightened sense of reality where you need a hero at the end of it. They play every season for a trophy and they don't say like, Next year, like we'll, we'll settle the hash of who the best is every five years. No, no, it's every year they award that trophy. So that skews things. And to the fans, to the teams, to the players, we get it. Yes, it is the sober thing to be like, what are you, you're going to fire a coach who just always wins? If he doesn't win in the playoffs, the, this is a movie we're watching. This is entertainment we're watching. And act threes in most movies end with the hero winning. And so when you don't win, it's unsatisfying. It's very hard to make sense of, but all the analytics people will tell you this is the right thing to do. But is it the right thing to do when it always well, ends with the others, with, with the bad guys winning, right? I would say even if you're if your sole criteria, which it should be, and this is why why Julian Edelman belongs in the Hall of Fame, right. is winning, cha winning championships. That's your, you're a billionaire. You won all the other competitions. Now just win championships. So then the, the analysis has to be, does Mike Vrabel give me a better chance of winning a Super Bowl next year with Dak Prescott? You know, and, and you know, to the Tomlin of it all, it's like, well, you're going to be in the playoffs, so that gives you a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than not being in the playoffs. Like, it's just math, and do you really think, like, if we bring in Jim Harbaugh, we're going to have a 10% better chance of winning the Super Bowl? Like, I, I mean, the odd thing about both those scenarios, right? So, McCarthy 
Yes, you know, Dak throws the two horrible picks. Obviously, he didn't send in the throw the ball to the other team play. You know, I mean, McCarthy did an outstanding job of saying, I'm going to be responsible for the play calling and then scoring a ton of points all year. So then picked a bad day to have a bad day. Um, But it was the defense, if you're watching that game, where you're like, okay, yes, Dak had the two the two terrible throws. But on defense, I, have we have you ever seen guys running that wide open? Like, are these blown coverages? Do, do half the guys think they're playing man and half the guys think they're playing zone? Like, play after play after play. First of all, like, the, the defensive line is standing up and talking to each other at the snap of the ball. It looked like the first day of OTAs. Like, that, you know, so I haven't heard a lot of, like, is Dan Quinn going to get fired? Like the, the team that was not prepared to play the side of the ball that was not prepared to play was the defense. And the way these teams work, it's like Mike McCarthy doesn't have anything to do with that. Like, that's not like, yes, yes. He's responsible for everything, but you know, he, he, he's watching as, as shocked as we are over in Pittsburgh. You know, you were, when you were getting down on Tomlin, which is rare for you, but you were like, how could this guy be watching Pickett, Trubisky, and Rudolph? And and I think and Rudolph I think that's the, a damning piece of evidence against uh, Coach. And then, and then when Rudolph threw that ball to Elam in the end zone from the two, you throw a pick to the pylon with on a underthrown like a. It was almost like a a, a hail mary from the two yard line. It was like what what did you see? Where was this ball supposed to be? And I was like, oh. All Tomlin would have to do is see two of these in practice and go, yeah, that guy can't see the field. So in a weird way, it was vindicating that throw. And I agree that game was there to be had that that game was there. That throw obviously killed them. You know, it, it just you're at the two yard line when they went no huddle. And again, Tomlin escapes all responsibility by being in charge of nothing. Like he didn't call that play. He, you know, you're at the two yard line with that running game and you, and you have, and you go empty backfield spread wide. I I knew something terrible was about to happen and it did, but I just think, I mean, I guess, you know, it's more fun to text your buddies when guys are getting fired, but I I think both the Steelers and Cowboys are are doing this sober grown up thing and going with a sticking with a guy who just made the playoffs. I guess, but the, maybe I'm vibing to the profile, the the perceived p- profile of America's team and all of that. To answer your question, yeah, I think Jim Harbaugh would give them a better chance of winning the Super Bowl next year. The results are in. I mean, like, the, the consistency of that is what kind of damns them in a way. I mean, the, every year, 12 wins, 12 wins, 12 wins, and then this no-show in the playoffs consistently. I mean, like gross looking ball in the playoffs for a team that's supposed to be a contender. And of course the big difference between the Dallas Cowboys and the Steelers and the Titans with Mike Rabel and the other guys who you might consider is, is that Dak is presented as the man. He is the franchise and they're still not winning with them. I don't think you would say the same thing is true about Rabel's Titans and Tomlin Steelers having identified the correct guy to be the QB, which is in the AFC, at least, the only way to skin the cat right now. The evidence is in. The NFC is a little looser. Then that's more about the OCs. But I do think, I know I'm a broken record about it, but it is, 
the the uh, the sort of um, old guard DCs, and I'm going to put Dan Quinn into that group. Is like, hey, we're not disguising anything. We're showing you who you are, and come on out here and beat us. And that group of coaches from that Washington staff in 2011 or 2012, and you see the picture keep going around over and over of Lafleur and Shanahan and Slowick and Johns. Who else was on that staff? Eddie Spaghetti. Whoever. If you have one of those guys, they're like. I don't have to abide by your football laws. I'm just going to, I'm just going to cook something up and scheme something you've never seen before and shame you in the playoffs here. And that's exactly what the Texans did to the mighty Browns defense down in Houston. And they just, they just, uh, the, before it felt like Dak had barely touched the ball before the Cowboys, to your point, were down, uh, were, were down a couple of touchdowns. So, um, it does seem like as unsatisfying as it is to me, it's like, the cheat code is to have one of those coaches It's to have LaFleur Slowick, on that. You know, these guys seem to have figured something out much like Belichick did 15, 20 years ago about like, here's the way to game the game a little bit. And there's no response from the old guard guys. They're like, well, I don't know what's happening. Uh, and now they present as like this nice warm blanket, like, at least you know we're going to be halfway decent next year, right? Cowboys and Steelers fans, but it feels vaguely unsatisfying to me. Tomlin, at the time of this recording, just had his season-ending press conference. He says that Pickett is the number one, but they want Mason Rudolph back to for a competition, and people are reacting to that. My reaction to that reaction is, what do you think Tomlin's going to say? Well, he's going to go up there and announce what the plan is for September of 2024. He doesn't know what it is. And by the way, if he did know what it was, he still wouldn't tell any of you. What do we with this reaction, this aggrieved media reaction to what these coaches say at the post? They're not going to tell you the truth. Get get comfortable with that fact. Bill Belichick has stood up there for 20 years and not said anything. What about Belichick, though? Is it as we launch into the goat and goat this week? Is the NFL collectively the available coaching uh, spots there? Is the NFL the bad goat for not pouncing on Bill Belichick two seconds after he became available? Well, this is interesting because this gets back to the the Jera and McCarthy thing. It is does Jerry Jones require a non-alpha to coach that team? Meaning, it's it's Jerry's team. Hmm, and I'm going to do a presser after the game. Like I'm going to stand and answer questions. Why, why are you, why are you talking? (laughs) You know, it's like get lost. And so Jerry, we need that from Mark Davis every, after every Raiders game, I'm calling for it now. That'd be great. uh, uh, Bob Kraft talking about Jimmy Haslam, get on the mic. So I think like, you know, and I mean, you go back to Jimmy Johnson and, and, you know, obviously an alpha, the, the the last alpha to coach the Cowboys, right? Jimmy Johnson, like, well, Bill Parcells, but you're largely right. Dave Campo was a milk toast as much as there's ever been one. It was, it's remains crazy that the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys was Dave Campo in his perm. And Jason Garrett was no, uh, was no type a sort himself. And Mike McCarthy probably isn't either. So, so then you go, okay, if, I mean, I think we all wanted, we already had Belichick taking the charger job because of what, the attractiveness of it. But now Spaghetti tells me a, a second interview in Atlanta, which would just be bizarre. 
Yep. Uh, and it, but as you point out, Sheck isn't isn't bizarre that weirdos mo. Right. I mean, he's he's a he he drafted Cole Strange, so of course he's going to make a strange move here, not the obvious one. Um, yeah, I don't know what appeals to him exactly about Atlanta. I do think he's one of those guys, much like Tom Brady, uh, went to the NFC. He didn't want that extra layer of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play the Patriots in the playoffs thing, I think was part of his uh, his calculation. Brady's and I bet you Belichick doesn't want to go head to head or maybe he, he's got I, I think Falcons or or Dallas all, or Philly or Washington, all of those make some sense. It is weird, though, when you see Bill Belichick has to have a second interview. Is he interviewing them about whether or not he wants the gig or is it actually Arthur Blank looking across from him like, Tell me about what you're going to do. I'm Bill Belichick. I'm not telling you anything. I think one meeting was with Arthur Blank only. And I think the other meeting is with the rest of um, the group and and, and, and everybody. And and then Atlanta. Yeah. And then also the reason why Atlanta is appealing for the report, I believe it was Josina Anderson wrote a, a tweet recently about it, like an hour ago, that he basically would, it's like, he wants the GM control and they would, they would kind of relinquish that power to him. Whereas some other teams like Philadelphia, for example, when you have Howie Roseman there, you're not gonna be able to get that. So that's, that was the example they used. So it seems like Belichick would have his same new England powers just down in Atlanta. So then you'd have to have the conversation after he leaves the room, like, okay, is our roster good enough to win now? Because that guy's not going to add anything to it on draft day. He's just going to whiff. Right. It's such a weird thing. And I know, I guess coaches, the majority of NFL teams don't keep a coach more than three or four years, but it just strikes me of what a short term weird move it would be and what you perceive your franchise to be that you get so desperate that you would bring in a 72 year old man who, by the way, clearly the game, I don't know if it's passed him by, but his approach is outmoded, but also I, I also can give him the leeway, and it's sort of why I think the Steelers bringing back Tomlin makes more sense than the Cowboys bringing back Dak is the recurring point about the delusion that we put ourselves through in at any NFL team is forced to put the locker room through and the fan base through and everybody. If you don't have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, you really are going to have a hard time winning the Super Bowl. I mean, it's that simple. Like we we attempt to talk our way around all that. Dak is at least supposed to be that guy. We kind of buy him. He's paid that way. So we at least uh, we allow ourselves to think maybe that's right. And Jalen Hurts a year ago felt like, well, he's the answer there in Philadelphia. But man, it is a very short list. And as Daniel Jeremiah said, and you know, I've said ad nauseum, you know, there is evidence this millennium that you can win the Super Bowl without one of those guys, but you got to get an inside flush. I mean, inside straight to to do it. You know, you got like you're, you're everything the stars must align versus if you have Aaron Rodgers and his prime or any number of the quarterbacks and you know who they are. If you have one of those guys, at worst, you're going to be in the playoffs. You're, you're at worst in week 18, you're going to be like, we should get into the playoffs or you're already safely in there and looking ahead to the thing. And and like the rest of it is just noise. We're just talking around it, right? It's that's the unsatisfying answer to 80% of NFL teams. You don't have the QB. Good luck. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll have a magic year, but short of that, you ain't winning it. No, that's what was so wild about Stefanski getting rid of his OC. I mean, I know 
uh, Van Pelt didn't call the plays. But, you know, by the time Driscoll started week 18, that was their fifth quarterback, none of whom are any good, by the way. You know, when Flacco finally turned into a pumpkin, it had been five years since he was good. I know he had a, he had an amazing stretch run, but like that was more the Joe Flacco that we'd seen the last five years when he got under center. So, sure. uh, you know, that that's that's an OC that that should be getting promoted, not uh, not let go uh, because he doesn't have one of the guys and he won 11 games. Very true. But as I repeatedly said, that team ain't going to the Super Bowl. Everybody stop getting swept up in this thing that it's a great uh, Joe Flacco and all like that. It is a good story. They're not winning the Super Bowl. They're not going to run the table here. They're not going to win three road games and go all the way. I mean, the but you, Jags you almost did, but you, it's, it's such a fluke when it happens. It's so rando. But you could see Brock Purdy running off that field going to going to Disney World. Well, because the other side of that coin is, as I said 10 minutes ago, they have Kyle Shanahan, who built that magic staff that apparently has all the answers that can solve any NFL defense. And that gives you, you could plug anybody in there. Sam Darnold, I suspect would probably have the 49ers in a very similar spot to where Brock Purdy has them. I know that diminishes Brock Purdy a little bit, but okay. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesars Sportsbook? Ah, before you answer, two words, Caesars Rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. I'm going to talk about this quarterback as a goat and I'll start it off with Dave Damashek first. I said I'd be in here. Dumb Dave had another great chapter last weekend. I realized on Friday when cuz I was a week out from going to Vegas for the divisional round to meet my IU pals out there, Chicago and IU guys are all all out there, but then I realized on Friday at about 2 p.m. when their text chains were saying like where are we meeting right now? Are we going to meet in the bar? Are we going to meet at the table? And I realized Oh, I don't even know what weekend I'm supposed to be in Las Vegas because apparently I should be there right now. And dumb Dave was berated by his friends, but they still accepted him with open arms when I jumped on a flight at 5 p.m. Friday and flew back the next day. At least I got to catch up with everybody. What a fool I am. So who am I to talk about foolish behavior? But I will say this. I'm not pleased with the behavior of one Kenneth Pickett. I've supported him. You know I spiritually will support that forever. If he just flops out and never plays another game, it was still right for the Pittsburgh Steelers to take the Pitt QB when he was there at that spot in the draft. It's not the end of the world if it's a bust. If a lot of teams blow it with their first-round pick. Of course, the, the trick is don't screw up all your picks every year, and you can survive it. But I don't get this thing of, like, Kenny Pickett – First of all, zero in a world in which they cut away to Eminem 37 times in the Lions game, and they cut away 37 times to Taylor Swift at the Chiefs game. Zero cutaways to the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett, during that Bills game. I thought that was very weird, but sort of uh, goes along with him no-showing in the locker room the day after the season ends and the reported complaining about where Tomlin wanted to use him before the Seattle game and all of that. I understand the raw feelings. You didn't lose the job, Kenneth. You didn't, you, you got hurt and Mason Rudolph won the job. There was no choice for Mike Tomlin and everybody else that Mason Rudolph would be the guy given the way he was playing. There is no mystery about all that, but the complaining is just not useful stuff. And now it's coming home to roost. Did you see Deontay Johnson's comments? This is also not helpful. Deontay Johnson say, I hope Mason Rudolph is our number one next year. He's deserved it. Like there's a chance, Deontay, that Kenny Pickett will do it. And that might damage the relationship, I think. All of it amounts to another very quiet offseason in Pittsburgh with zero belly aching. Um, I, I don't think it's a great look for the franchise QB, the guy who is supposed to be the franchise QB, belly aching and being petulant and all that bad look. What will be a good look is if the Steelers retain Mason Rudolph 
and Kenny Pickett. And by definition, they are going to kick Trubisky to the curb, save themselves $7 million and bring in a third. They'll have a competition and that'll be that. I don't understand the hand ring. What are they going to do? That's what they're going to do. They're going to try to keep Rudolph. They're going to have Kenny Pickett still on his rookie deal. They'll bring in somebody else. End of story. We don't need to belabor it for the next five months or at least until free agency starts. Those are my uh, my bad goats. Hench, how say you? Well, uh, just to that, it's like the, the coach's job is to give his team the best chance to win. And it's like you're not owed something. I mean, obviously, having having lived through the glorious Bledsoe Brady decision, it's like, you know, it's it's Tomlin's job to make that call once Pickett's healthy and and he but he thinks Rudolph gives you a better chance to win. And then it's Pickett's job to just it the 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 playbook on how to handle that has been written. And it's like everybody knows you don't want to get benched. You don't have sure. to articulate that. You don't have to articulate that. Everybody knows. But this is your chance to look like a good teammate and a that's and, it. And a, and, a, and a leader that guys might want to play play for next year. Like so it it's bad on Pickett. Um, in terms of his actual value as the leader of a franchise, it suggests that he's not. And Deontay Johnson, I guess, has picked up on that. Uh, my bad goats. I go. There's so many. There's so many. I the crazy weekend of horrible goats. But I'll just I'll put the Cowboys and Eagles defenses together because I just you know I think as fans we you know we like to think like the refs are it's fixed or, you know, the refs don't care. They're just bad at their jobs. That's and then all. the other thing we we do a lot of is like this team quit or they quit on their coach or there was no effort. And it's like, guys, guys are trying their hardest. They're running as fast as they can They're They, but literally those two Eagles Cowboys performances was like, okay, I genuinely believe everyone's trying their hardest, but it doesn't look like you're trying your hardest. It doesn't, it doesn't look like you're trying at all. Like, I don't even, I, I mean, the, the uh, Bradbury, like, I mean, it, it looked, Bradbury was tackling in that game. Like it was a make a wish foundation. Let the kids score. Like I, I just, I, they, they, do you want to tackle this guy? Do you want to be involved in contact? Like it was so the Eagles, I mean, you just didn't think you would see anything worse than that Cowboys defense. And then the Eagles matched them whiff for whiff was just terrible. Um, and, and so those two defenses are my bad goats as I rip up. I thought, I thought the Eagles were much worse and you could see that from a mile away. They told you a month ago that they ain't trying and they didn't try for one minute in any game. Down the I don't stretch. know. I don't know when 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 Jordan Love underthrew Luke Musgrove by 25 yards and it made no difference because there was nobody in the hemisphere. Like what he he had to stop and field it like a punt, and they still couldn't keep him out of the end zone. Like that ball, you know, he would have wanted that ball at the eight, and he caught it at like the 27. We've talked about. Everybody is predisposed these days to say something nasty. People want to 
negatively impact you. And by the way, back to the Kenny Pickett of it, like the cool you want is sort of the Don Draper in the elevator to the other guy. Like, oh, are you upset about Mason Rudolph? Like, I don't think about him at all. I mean, when the, when I'm healthy and, you know, have the offseason, I'll, I'll reclaim my spot. No trouble. That's the vibe you want to give off to your teammates and to the world at large. Um, Yeah, this you also if you're if you're the guy to the Don Draper of it all. If you were the guy and there was such a massive gap between you and Mason Rudolph, Mike Tomlin would know that. We'd all know that. That would have been established in the many, many games you've started in the NFL. What your performance heretofore suggests that it's pretty close. It's pretty close between you and Mason Rudolph. That's not a great look for you, Kenny Pickett, to not understand that it's on you that this is close. What people, what he is doing is what you see so many people do in social media and beyond. People who are, as a for instance, upset about seeing Taylor Swift during football games. They are pounding the table. I don't want to see that. But they're still going to cut away to her because she's the most famous person on the planet. And so her public whereabouts will always be news no matter where she is. But people are demanding you stop showing her. Why are you not listening to me? Because you can't control the universe from behind your laptop, no matter how hard you try. But this cynical thing is funny with, with, to me because we have identified a few caveats during the NFL draft. Every guy from every analyst on the draft, they, they can't see any flaws. Oh, that young man just went to the best available spot that he could have gone to. That's the perfect uh, team for him to go to. Oh, he's destined for the stars. No one has any ability to say anything critical in that moment. And I think we've reached a weird place too, specific with QBs. Nobody likes to say it, but maybe the reality is Dak's a choker in big spots. Dak doesn't like the pressure. Everybody doesn't. We talk about it all the time. Grady's, Tom Brady's gift along with the football sense, line of scrimmage, pre-snap, all that, is that for whatever reason, he just never seemed to get tight. It's plain that Dak Prescott gets tight. When he get, is up against it, he starts jamming throws in there. He sees the end of the line for the season, and, and you know he makes bad decisions. Aaron Rodgers did that many, many times. For some reason, we try to talk our way around that reality. It's like, that's a problem. If he's the man, it's one thing. If it's like Mason Rudolph threw a terrible interception in the end zone, he shouldn't have thrown that ball. But he's Mason Rudolph. It's a different thing altogether when your whole team is built around that guy as being the man, and he flops in that spot. I can get taking the defense to task and other positions and coaches and everything else, but it's all built around that guy saving the day and Dak didn't save the day. He in fact added to the fire that was ongoing in, in uh, Dallas stadium. And he was behind the eight ball, but he didn't help thing when he threw that pick six early in the game that ended it. Uh, I'll throw another name at you. Uh, Dan Marino. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, I believe threw more picks in the postseason than TDs. Um, and Ooh, is that true? true it's true that, um, I was talking to my daughter about the the behavioral psychology of pressure and how because she's you know she's learning to drive she's going to take her test and how when she feels pressure behind the wheel she makes mistakes you know and it's like that's 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 pretty much all of us except the occasional freak like Joe Montana or Tom Brady who calms down and goes hey there's John Candy right Look over there there's John Candy like 
who like what is going on? It's Matthew McConaughey in True Detective. Your heart rate goes down when you're about to get killed. Like what? I don't understand this. And so, yes, the 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 ability, the grace under pressure, because pressure doesn't affect you. That's the secret sauce. Like, uh, you know, where's that on the Wonderlick? Uh, I think there's something too that the media is now way more populated by ex-players than it was 10 years ago and 20 years ago that, and you know, it, it comes off as cruel and mean spirited and, and, you know, taking a shot from, from, you know, three miles away or whatever to, to impugn a big time QB from safely behind the TV set. But that's an imperfect way to critique football too but also these guys that are pals with these guys make it so that it's unpleasant and ugly to say that like hey say gotta put this on Dak what are you what the hell is you gonna say this is Dak has to be the hero oh they're I down mean, 14 at home hey Dak save the day don't throw a pick six man that's the last yeah. thing we need you to do right well, Dak, Dak put it on Dak Dak didn't blame anybody else he was he stood Good for him point. yeah he he ate it um, all right, Mike, Go you mentioned her, is Taylor Swift. Um, oh. I, I don't, first of all, she's incredible. Like, I like, what's the criticism? Like, she's self-made billionaire, um, you, you're now moving into her second generation of fans. And, and these guys, Dungy and Favre, like, I mean, obviously, if she said she loved Donald Trump, they would love the cutaways. Uh, uh, to Taylor Swift, but the this thing that it's bad for business. Do 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 they not know how? I mean, Favre probably doesn't know how business works. He just thinks you you you're allowed to take taxpayers' money and build volleyball stadiums. But but do, nobody is going to stop watching football because they cut away to Taylor Swift after her boyfriend's team scores a touchdown. Lots of people are going to watch football because Taylor Swift said it's cool to watch football. So how is this bad for business? Zero people name one person who's like, I'm not watching the Bills Chiefs game because they're going to cut away to Taylor Swift. That's zero. And then right. and then I mean, they've already measured it, actually, demographically, like a huge spike in the Taylor Swift, like, so yes, obviously she's good for business. You don't like her because she doesn't like your Lord and savior, Donald Trump. So, you know, Favre is going to pop up to, to embarrass himself yet again. And it's just like, what, how, what, what Taylor Swift is the American dream writ large, like just works her ass off, makes a product that her consumers love. And, uh, and 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 now she likes football. I, I just I it I don't it's so embarrassing to like yes, you'd what you'd rather a cutaway to the defensive coordinator? Like who cares? Like it, I get it though, but the devil's damashek is because I remember the first time, and maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but the first time I remember like the the ongoing cutaways were to Kurt Warner's wife when the greatest show on turf was happening. And I remember there was a fair amount of noise about that. Like, we don't need to see her reaction to everything, except it humanizes guys. And that's what this century in pro football has been all about. Talk to people who are creators, like NFL films. The last century was all about making football more majestic in the slow-mos and the music and all of that. This century has been getting under the helmet 
you know, the so-called get under the helmet and get to know these guys as individuals. And it has attached us in a way. I think it's, you know, almost all the way good. I think the extra, I don't know if Donald Trump, uh, you know, thing has some, some aspect of it. I, you know, I, I, I do think of all the ones that you would ever complain about, you know, the cutaways to Chris Christie with Jerry Jones in the in the Cowboys box. People complained about those, too. I remember that. Um, but then when you see like the M&M, like, how do you complain only about Taylor Swift? So maybe you're right. Maybe it is about some political agenda. Because oh, yeah. why? No, I'm sure. It's not gender based. It's not a gender based thing. Like, why would they? Why? Why is it OK for M&M? I mean, the people. I do think people have always complained about it since if they started was, doing if it that. Was, if it was Toby Keith. There's no way that Brett Favre would say, boo, stop cutting away to the singer. It's taking away from the game. Well, here's the, you know, here's the thing I, I would like to say to everybody who complains about Taylor Swift. You don't see Patrick Mahomes brother ever. And I do continue to say that I think maybe part of her one stipulation she made is like, all right, I'll come to your games, Travis, but I don't want that guy anywhere around. Please not no luxury box for him. And he saw to it. That and Patrick was like, "Oh, this is great! I don't have to play the bad guy. This is a perfect situation." I think that's something we can all sell. Well, they hate Kelsey too because of the of the jabs. Get the jab. Right? So <laughs> they don't like him either. That's right. Well, that's because she's ruined him. She spoiled him. That has nothing to do with the fact that he's turned old. Um, okay, is that it for you, Hench? Yeah. Spaghetti. Well, I'll just keep it in Arrowhead because that's uh, for my bad goat because of the. Um, you know, this it also sounds like I'm a guy who's buttoned up and doesn't like to have fun. That's not really the case here. But uh, reading about how obviously, you know, it was the top five coldest game, I believe the fourth coldest game in NFL history. Um, Casey first responders had 70 calls to Arrowhead Stadium. Why? For frostbite and hypothermia because of people removing clothes or whatever. Um, and the reason why, like, and it's funny, you get, you know, talk about cutaways, you get the cutaway of a guy, you know, shirtless, whatever. It's funny. But when you actually think about it, like step by step, the reason why they're getting my my bad goat is like, number one, you're spending what, like three, four, five hundred dollars on a ticket for a good seat at that game. Plus you're parking 50 bucks plus other groceries. If you're tailgating yourself, let's just say 100, if not, you're buying stuff in the stadium and then you're taking your clothes off and then you get removed from the game via, you know, an EMT. And then all your friends are like, oh, man, like great game we won the wild card we're going on the divisional round did you, did you see it nope i was in the hospital and now i have permanent nerve damage in my yeah. in my body so um <laughs> I, like, I, lost, I just like, i lost a nipple i yeah. lost a nipple in the ambulance it couldn't I, be saved we're you know as it is like we're you know the regular you know joe schmoes are getting priced out from attending a, a football game let alone a playoff game especially in a city like this where they're constant to playoffs and the tickets are a, a, a hot item and to like remove your clothing when it's like negative what was it like 20 something degrees like 30 degrees is cold i would not be outside trellis in 30 degree weather let alone in the negatives uh and they did it for a gag and now you have like medical bills on top of the the stuff you paid for to the game and it's like you're, you're hurting and you don't even see your team win the game uh in person because you were too busy in an ambulance um i just spaghetti like, turned 30 i know look I, at him don't I, trust him anymore look the minute you see that like patrick mahomes helmet piece rip off and fly off when he gets hit because that's how cold wild. it was and seeing people's beers and cans and they the cans freeze and it starts to explode the can like when alcohol is freezing 
put on as many layers you possibly can. Like that's my uh, my little tip for you there. So that, that I will. I, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal was on Letterman forever ago, thirty years or so ago, and I've told my boys this same story to remember. This is how you want to go through life. It's how I kind of approached my younger years. He told. He's like, "What were you like?" Uh, Letterman asked uh, Crystal. He said, "You know the guy." At the big homecoming game, who takes off all his clothes and runs naked out to midfield and uh, and waves a towel, and he's like, "Yeah," and he said, "I'm the guy who told him to go do that." That's who you want to be. Don't <laughs> be like you know would be you know would be funny, Caden, is if you got super drunk and lost the and lost the shirt. Like I'll do it. Don't be Caden. Be the guy telling him what a great idea it is for him to act like a. Don't laughing. be the yourself. Don't be the clown. Tell the clown what a good bit is. That's Dave's advice. Parenting corner, right? I'm, I've got hypothermia. It's 72 degrees here in my house, and I've got hypothermia from this master cleanse. I'm shaking. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're cleansing unnecessarily. I'm getting the weekend wrong when I have, I'm supposed to be traveling. Who are we to talk to anybody about how they should comport themselves? All right. I don't know, but go ahead, Spaghetti. So uh, for positive news, uh, you're our good goat. And uh, this is an open invitation to Sacramento Kings head coach, Mike Brown. Uh, you are a, you must be a fan of the minus three podcast. Uh, you can come on whenever you want because you're, you're one of us. And I'll be honest, I've spent zero minutes a day thinking about the Sacramento Kings, let alone their head coach, Mike Brown, until I saw what he did uh, to the referees. And everyone knows that you be, and if you think that we complain about the referees too much on this show, we're right. And now you're seeing actual head coaches. Cause a couple weeks ago, the, Toronto Raptors head coach did the same thing in the NBA. And now Mike Brown, after a no call, uh, I believe it was towards De'Aaron Fox and a couple inconsistent calls that were in the Bucks favor. He flipped out, got ejected from the game in the fourth quarter and showed up to his post-game press conference with a laptop. And he showed all the inconsistencies. And he said the stuff that we basically say is number one, he's like, be consistent. And number two, communicate with your other, other referees on the court so that you could come to a, you know, a, you know, a, a majority conclusion here. And he pointed that out and the maximum fine for coaches for criticizing referees is $25,000. He got double that because they said it was aggressive towards the one ref that they, uh, he was uh, singling out. So this official uh, caused him to have the, what I believe is the largest fine in NBA history in, ter in terms of criticizing the referees. But Mike Brown, like I'll clap kudos to you yeah. for bringing the referee and, and showing like frame by frame how they messed it up. And again, for those who are like enough with the referee stuff, we're at the point where head coaches are doing this. Like, just think about it. The leagues at some point will have to start looking inward. I don't know when that will be, but Mike Brown, I mean, what a job by you. So easy it, to the, go. The, the Raptors coach had a great meltdown too. It's like, this would be a good, you should put those behind a paywall, those, those rants and those Ted talks about the officiating. And then, and then you can pay the 50 grand, no problem for, for everybody that, <laughs> that pays a nickel to watch the explanation of how bad the officials are. I mean, that's it, what we need. You're right. Cause I feel bad. They're spooked enough. Like, I don't want to, that's a heavy amount of money to have to throw out. We do need to have a GoFundMe for the coaches who take referees to task. I love it. The, the, uh, they're pretty well compensated. I'm not, too, I'm not too worried about the occasional 50 grand. Okay. Right off more Mike Brown. I'm with you, Spietti. I love it. It was. It really was great. Is that it from you, Spaghetti? That's it. Uh, shirtless men and Mike Brown. And now a quick break.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Love it. Really good stuff um, from you. Hench, you want to throw out a best bet for the weekend? It can be about uh, the NFL. Of course, the 15-minute show will be your guide. We are giving you winners. We all, it's crazy. Hench, Spaghetti, Damashek, all completely even Steven, 18 weeks and the wild card round through Brady Lemieux, the aggregate of our picks, running away with things. But don't forget that fruit of the year is also included there. But if you want to give us a pick here, Hench, go ahead. Well, uh, you know, just because I know we're we're on opposite sides of this, this is pretty exciting. It's the big game. Um, everyone acting like uh, Patrick Mahomes won't know how to how to play on the road. Um he didn't have a very good year. The Chiefs didn't have a very good year, but they have that look of a team like the season has started now. Uh, I, I just thought they they looked so dominant in all phases against the Dolphins. Like that was a real ass kicking. They they it didn't look like they were playing in twenty seven below temperatures. And so I I think in a mild upset they they go into Buffalo and win that game twenty three twenty one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to fight you too hard, but the thing that did, I because I, I said it for a week and I kind of talked myself into it, like it, that the Bills are all Josh Allen, but as a reminder, that pass rush is is real nasty. And I am worried about the way that Chiefs O-line has looked there. They got, they, they got a walkover because the Dolphins are so decimated on defense, but I think that that Bills pass rush, if it if it uh, looks like it did against the Steelers, I think the Mahomes is going to be running a lot um, as much as Josh Allen does every week. So, all right, we'll check out there. And uh, as a reminder, go to YouTube, the Extra Points page, subscribe there, look for the 15-minute uh, pregame show. That'll be there around midnight, Thursday night, Friday morning-ish, also streaming on Twitter all the way up through the games. Um, make sure you're listening to the Wavered Wire with Spaghetti and Jen Piacenti. Extra points. Me and Sarah Tiana had Jenny Johnson on a really fun episode with a Houston Texans fan. She's a very funny person is Jenny. Um, Toby Mergler has Brad Evans on Trendy this week. Lemon Pepper Parlay. You know, that's the home for all KC Chiefs talk. Check it out. Martin Weiss still uh, basking in the glow of Michigan. Maybe he's picked up the lines a little bit too. Check out all the great content here on the Extra Points Network. We'll talk to you after the divisional round to get you right for what's going down in sports. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.